You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is Peachtree Football. Now, your host, Dylan Matthews and Bo Morgan. What's going on, everybody? It is your boy, Dylan Matthews, alongside the man, the myth, the legend himself, Bo Morgan, and we are Peachtree Football. Make sure you like this podcast, download the podcast, subscribe to Peachtree Football. We are wherever you get your podcast. That is Apple Podcasts. That is Spotify. That is the Odyssey app. Wherever you get your podcast, Peachtree Football is there. Bo Morgan, what is going on, man? It is a uh, good Tuesday afternoon and man a lot has happened in the nfl we got a lot of new rule changes we're gonna get into we have some news is regarding the the falcons as well desmond ritter had some thoughts on this falcons offense and it's it's been a, it's been a good bit of news here over this uh past week or so Bo. but uh first and foremost how you doing man i'm good you know just uh another Another week, uh, you know, rolling through another week of off-season stuff and yep. um, starting to kind of count down the days uh, or the weeks left to training count, which is um, bittersweet in some ways, but also <laughs> also very, um, very warranted, you know, wanted as well. I'm always looking forward to the season, but also I do lose pretty much my life during the season because yeah. I'm, I'm i'm just right on you know i have to do everything everything is falcon centric at that point but right like that's it's part of the job that i love so there you go to go man it's part of the part of the sacrifice and again part of the love of the game for a couple of months there bo is just he's married in the actual sense but he's also married to the game as well so bo the first thing i want to get into is there was an article put out by uh, Mike Jones in The Athletic, and he gave one player on each of the 32 teams that he thinks we need to watch out for. For the Atlanta Falcons, that player was Kyle Pitts. So he basically was saying, I'm paraphrasing here, you know, after a, a really good rookie season, he said that there was some regression uh, it's the term he used, regression, in Kyle Pitts' game last year. And I just want to say I don't agree with that at all. And, you know, I think what regressed for Kyle Pitts is the fact that he no longer had Matt Ryan throwing to him. And, you know, we appreciate Marcus. I don't want to pile on Marcus. I don't want to make it sound like I'm just straight up being savage toward Marcus or coming after him. But let's be honest, Matt, uh, Marcus Mariota is no Matt Ryan. The quarterback play regressed, in my opinion. The player in Kyle Pitts did not regress. So I don't think that was a fair assessment at all. I want to know uh, what your take on 
what uh, Mike Jones had had to say about uh, Kyle Pitts there. Well, first and foremost, that's a ridiculous word that people use. Just because you have down years don't mean you regress. It's a media right. word. It's a word that's kind of almost made up <laughs> to fit to football. It's a real word, but what I'm saying by the made up part is it's a term that people are they're 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 fitting into football based on real world views. It's not that he regressed. It's that he was asked to do different things. He was asked to block more. The offense was completely different in 2022 than it was 2021. 21 was a more pass happy offense where um, he was used everywhere and in, 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 he was used everywhere in a lot of, in, in some ways this year, but he had a lot more opportunities and he was, and it was a more pass happy offense. This offense last year was run first, run first, run first. And yeah, a lot of it had to do with Marcus Mariota a whole lot. And there's no doubt that um, it was, he had a lesser pocket passer throwing the ball to him. But the offense was not built around throwing the football. The offense was built around running the ball 30 times a game, mm -hmm. shortening games, trying to play, you know, uh, bend, not break defense and win football games. So regress is a ridiculous term. It, it's based off of a guy who didn't watch very many games. And then he writes an article based on numbers in 10 games. Yeah, yeah, we had 28 catches, but the targets, you know, that were there were fine, but there weren't. There was a lot of issues with accuracy last year, and you can go through the tape and you can probably find at least 10 to 12 times where he was completely overthrown when he was open, uh, maybe more. So I, I just cannot stand the verbiage there. I think it's an easy, low-hanging fruit thing. Uh, you know, Mike Jones, I'm not going to just destroy him because Mike had a an article to write where he had to write an article and with with a player from every team as a team as a player to watch i mean michael thomas was the saints guy that was the player for the saints to watch you know his thing for michael thomas was uh you know oh well he could be dealt but they held on to the guy and they're hoping he can get healthy to form a dynamic duo they desperately need but uh no they don't know what his timeline is going to be well that doesn't sound like a bunch of anything <laughs> i could have said that i could have written that that sounds like a guy who did minimal research and went and re read uh, an off-season article that someone else wrote about the Saints. So, um, I, I think it's I think it's a little bit ridiculous when we throw out words like regress when we didn't watch the damn player play at all. And that's what bothered me about right. all of that. I'm not going to say be a Kyle Pitts defender. The guy was also injured with a yep. significant knee injury. So why don't you just say, look? Kyle Pitts is the number one uh, overall, uh, not overall, but number one draft pick for this team, fourth overall. He uh, coming off a year where he was injured and his production wasn't what he what he expected or what he wanted it to be. And for this offense to to be clicking on all cylinders, they need a guy like Kyle Pitts, who's probably you know could be their biggest weapon. Uh, B. John Robinson might fit into that now, and then and then go with that. But to use the word regress is asinine and it's ignorance at its finest, and it's written by someone who clearly didn't watch the team play, play very much last year. So I didn't like the terminology. That being said, I think Kyle Pitts is. I do like the fact that he put Kyle on there because I do yep. think he's a player to watch. I think he's a player that can benefit from uh, some of the other weapons like Johnny Smith, Drake London, mm -hmm. B. John Robinson, Cordero Patterson. And by the way, Desmond Ritter. And yeah. even a guy like Matthew Bergeron where the pass protection can open up and you can give him times. I think they'll have to pay less attention to Kyle Pitts next year based on the weapons. 
I'd have been fine with all, some of those things being said. But use the word regression irritated me. And so I don't like that verbiage, but I do think it's a not, I do think he is a player to watch. And I think if Kyle Pitts has a big year, the offense has a big year as well. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Just to give the quick blurb, and then I'll give you my, my take as well. He says, quote, it's still too early to know whether 2022 third rounder Desmond Ritter is a capable NFL passer, but the Falcons are giving him the first crack at the job. Meanwhile, they desperately need Pitts, the number four pick in 2021, to step up after a season of regression. 28 catches for 365 yards and 10 appearances, followed a 1,000-yard rookie campaign, end quote. So, again, it's like you said. Obviously, you didn't watch much of the games last year because you would have known. There's literally, Bo, I kid you not, I saw a highlight. I guess you don't really call it a highlight reel. It was a low-light reel. And, again, I'm not trying to attack a term, like a term you use, long-hanging fruit and being Marcus Mariota. I am just being honest and stating facts. Marcus Mariota missed Kyle Pitts multiple on multiple on multiple occasions last season. There is literally video out there of a, again, low-light reel of all the times uh, Kyle Pitts was missed by Marcus Mariota, and Kyle Pitts was very much wide open on a lot of those highlights or lowlights, if you'll call them. So he's going to benefit, like you said, from Desmond Ritter. He is also going to benefit, like you said, of having the attention on Drake London, Jonu Smith, uh, Cordell Patterson, Matt Collins, Scotty Miller, all the weapons that now the opposing defense is going to have to focus on. Not all the eyes are going to be on Kyle Pitts like they were a year ago or even uh, two years ago when uh, Matt Ryan was back at the helm. So all those things have to be taken into consideration. And now, does Kyle Pitts need to up his stats with all this being said? Yes, he does. So, again, he's not wrong for putting him on the list. I would like to see Kyle Pitts back in that maybe close to 1,000 yards. I don't know if he has to be quite at 1,000 yards because of all the weapons that they have. Now, I think there's going to be some even distribution, but he does have to be back up close to that 1,000-yard uh, mark. I would like to see him in the 8 to 10 touchdown range. But, again— Hold on. Hold on. Oh, stop right there. I'll stop. Go ahead. That— is a key point right there. Mm -hmm. Throw the yardage out. I don't need Kyle Pitts to go for 1,200 yards. I know that a lot of people think that they need that because of where he was drafted Mm -hmm. and they want to justify it. But I I, I think that – and by the way, he was catching more. I think he had three or four touchdowns last year when he got hurt. Mm -hmm. And I think that is a big point right there. The the production in the red zone to me – could prove very, very well. I think that's where he's going to benefit from Drake London, Matt Collins, Bijan, 
and uh, Johnny Smith, along with Cordero. I think that red zone production is going to be huge. And if he has that six to 10 touchdown range with 75 catches for, say, 900 yards, and this team is 10 and seven, no one gives a crap about the, you know, anything else. They're going to be happy because that is production. He's going to use your, yes. and then you get in the playoffs, and a guy like Kyle Pitts can change a game. For so sure. I think that I think that red zone production, um, yeah, and and James hit me up. Hit James, our producer, who uh, does a phenomenal job, um, and we got to work James into this program at some point uh, here in the near future, so you guys can get to know him. Uh, he had two touchdowns last year. I, I could have swore it was three or four. I think I'm thinking of Drake. The thing about it was is that he he was he is his presence was felt, and it helped Drake London last year. It's going to continue to be felt. I need – that's where I need Kyle Pitts, though, is the production in the red zone. I don't care if he has 1,200 yards. I need that production. And I think you touched yeah. on it. That's why I wanted to stop you. So I thought that was a really, really good point, that the touchdown – the touchdown um, and the red zone production is where Kyle Pitts could really make a difference for this team. And that is something that I'm looking for. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, nobody is going to necessarily remember, oh, how many – Yards did Kyle Pitts have that game? Oh, he had 125. Uh, no, nobody's going to remember that. People are going to, you know, it's not to say that it doesn't necessarily matter. You know, it, it matters. You, you you like to move the ball. And if he's helping move the ball, then that's a big deal. I don't want to uh, minimize that. But people are going to remember, oh, Kyle Pitts scored two touchdowns. Kyle Pitts scored three touchdowns in this game. Now, that's a big deal. Kyle Pitts putting points on the board is the reason he was drafted with the number four overall pick. In, uh, in 2021. So that right there is, is the main thing. So if he's doing that, then, and then again, like you said, I think the yardage will, will take care of itself and it'll be its own thing. But he was brought in to be that big unicorn-like red zone target who could be a mismatch no matter who was put on him and to score touchdowns. And if he's doing that, then I think he's uh, getting the job done and, you know, he – He's fulfilling what he was drafted for. So there you go. And, and uh, we just get it from James here. Pitts had 68 red zone targets in uh, 2021, just 28 last season. So that number has to go up. And I think part of that number is, too, because of the way the, the offense kind of changed and shifted a little bit under Marcus Mariota versus Matt Ryan. Under Matt Ryan, we know this was more of a pass-oriented offense. And last year under Marcus Mariota, definitely more of a run-heavy offense. So they were running the ball a couple of more times in the red zone than they would pass the ball like they were in 2021. Well, it, it's zone. also it's also the fact that you had Drake London mixed in there. It's true. Um, it, I, 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 I agree with you, actually. I think it's that you ran the ball so much. But the offense changed. Yeah. And I've tried to tell people that the offense changed so much from 21 to 22, or like night and day. And people have gotten lost in all that. And that's what bugs me the most is I think that where people are going to be surprised is this offense to me, I personally think based on what I've seen and what they've done addition-wise, I don't think this will look anything like the 22 offense. Mm. And I don't think it'll look like the 21 offense either. I think you're going to find a mixture they believe in Desmond Ritter as a pocket passer. He's a more accurate passer than Marcus Mariota. So I just think that they're going to find ways to mix those two offenses and get the best of both worlds. That's why I think all this um, – that when people say, well, B. John Robinson, I mean, oh, well, we already got a running back we can carry 25 times. Or, or you know, 
uh, oh, it just means they're going to run the ball more. I just think there's a lot of obtuseness out there. This is the problem that I have, and, and James is probably rolling his eyes right now. He's like, yeah, he's just hammering home this point about this national narrative. It's not the national. There's some great, great media that cover these teams nationally. Problem is when you cover teams nationally, you don't always get to lock in on these teams, and you always see them a couple of times a year. You don't know tendencies. You don't know why things work because you don't cover some of these storylines. I just think that people are getting locked in that this is going to be this run, run, run team again. I think there'll be more of a mix. I really do. Uh, and by the way, some of that does depend on what Desmond Ritter brings too. So uh, there'll be some of that as well. And I'm glad you brought that up because that brings us into our next topic. Desmond Ritter was on Good Morning Football a couple of days ago, and he actually talked about this offense being explosive next season. And I think, like you said, there's going to be more of a mixture. I think there's going to be a perfect balance of pass and run. I think this team is still going to be run first in a sense, but they're going to be run first in the sense where it's going to set up the play-action pass and it's going to set up downfield shots. So with that, Bo, I want to ask you this. How many attempts do you think we're going to see from Desmond? I know it might be a little hard to tell now, but early right now in my mind, if I had to throw a number out there, I think somewhere between 15 to 25 attempts for Desmond Ritter is kind of the, the sweet spot in where you're getting a good mix in running the ball. Like you were just talking about that mixture, getting a good mix in running the ball, getting a good mix in passing the ball, taking your downfield shots while also controlling the tempo of the game with the running game. So how many attempts uh, for Desmond Ritter are you expecting to see next season? And uh, how, how, how do you exactly think this offense is going to be explosive in a way? Do you think they're going to, you know, kind of run the ball heavy to set up the play action game or, you know, what, when, when you hear Desmond Ritter say this, he, he hopes his offense is going to be explosive. What does that look like to you? Well, I think explosive is a term that people get caught up on. I, I think that that means you'll, he, to me, what he's saying is, is they expect to have plays of 15 to 20 yards Mm-hmm. In, in abundance, uh, getting mm-hmm. more of those. So, yeah. uh, you said you said fifteen to twenty five pass attempts. Is that what you said for? Yeah. For, for yeah, I think that's low. Oh, I, I, okay. I think you're looking at more twenty to thirty. Oh, um, I don't okay. think you want to. I don't think you want to go past thirty. Yeah. I, I think the speed, the sweet spot would be in that twenty five range. To be honest with you, okay. Um, because you didn't file, you didn't you didn't go get the most versatile running back in the in in the draft, and that's possibly came out in the last twenty years mm-hmm. to run the ball and to only pass it fifteen times. Very true. Okay, <laughs> you didn't go add Johnny Smith. You didn't draft Kyle Pitts and Drake London in the first round, mm-hmm. two of the last three years to only throw the ball fifteen times. That 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 you that just, that just doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so to me, I I think this is going to be a team that does use. I love the fact that you talked about setting up the pass with play action and a run. Yeah, of course. Um, but 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 I think Arthur is going to game plan for for the teams if they're playing a team with an explosive offense. I think they might try to run the ball more. 
depending on what their defense is um is looking like. I think that is a that's a not that's not a bad point at all. I like that. I think that's something that that makes sense. But also they're going to have times where they're going to try to sling that ball around. Yeah. And they're set up to do that if they can pass protect. If they got a defense that they can that they can uh they can they can up front, they don't need to slow down a pass rush by running the ball. So but to me, the explosive plays is he's expecting Bijan and, and Algier and Cordero to break 15, 20-yard runs, get a couple of those a game. He's expecting a, some 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 connections with Bijan, Cordero in the past game, along with Pitts and Drake London. So to me, they just want to have some plays of really, to me, a real explosive play is 20 yards more. That's, that's almost yeah. like the definition. So they're expecting four or five, six plays of 20 yards or more in each game. That's what they mean by explosiveness to me. That's what I take away. Um, but I, I, if we get, if we get, if we get to December and this team is averaging fifteen to twenty in that fifteen to twenty-five pass attempt range, and it's on, you know, maybe it's say it's twenty pass attempts. Yeah, I'm gonna say that Desmond Ritter might not be the guy, and that mm. that might be what my hint is there. You know, because because to me that might mean that he's not protecting the ball. Um, because if these weapons aren't creating separation, then you've you've collected a mass, yeah, uh, a, a mass uh, wealth of talent, and 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 you didn't get much, right? Because I think you've done yourself a disservice there. So, or either that, or your offensive line is so horrible at pass protection that, and and he's not able to read the defense and get the ball out fast enough that you're just in trouble there. So yeah, I would say that number seems low to me. I would I would much okay. rather see the 25 to 30, 20 to 30, but 25 to 30 uh there. But to me the explosive play thing is this offense is going to have big plays. I okay. mean, to break it down big this should be a big playoff. Why would this offense not be a big play offense when you've got a tight end that can run almost a 4-3? Uh, yep. you've got a Bijan Robinson guy who is one of the the catch radius and the route running from him out of the backfield is amazing. Cordero Patterson is a wide receiver that now plays running back. <laughs> Johnny Smith is another weapon at tight end that can play running back, tight end. I mean, everywhere. Uh, Drake London is a uh, an eighth overall pick um, at wide receiver. So I, I would just be very um, miffed at what we're doing if, if this offense wasn't more explosive, to be honest with you. I like it. We're going to be slinging that thing around a little bit more. I need to look out for that. Well, All right. Look, it's not going to look like what Shanahan and Cutter right. were doing here and, yeah. and, 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 and uh, um, Sark or what Arthur did in his first year. Yeah. But I do believe there should be a lot more passing than there was last year. I've said this multiple times. It's going to be a mixture of 21 and 22. It's going to be the best part of it. It's going to be the, like best, the best of both of those offenses the last two years into one game plan each week. And to bring it home, I think what also ties into why Desmond and Arthur Smith and everybody a part of that Atlanta Falcons organization believe this offense is going to be so explosive is the versatility of this offense as well. And you touched on it. You know, there there is a sweet spot, like you said, that, that, that 25 number, but somewhere in between that 20 to 30 range. But there could also be games where you talked about if there is a team with an explosive offense, if they need to run the ball a little bit more, and this is where Arthur will do a great job of game planning like he has done since he's been here, then they'll run the ball a little bit more. If they do need to pass the ball a little bit a uh, little bit more because maybe they're going up a team with a, a better run defense, let's say. I'm just 
throwing out examples. Then they can throw the ball a little bit more because they have set themselves up now to be a versatile offense this season with all the weapons that we just got done talking about. Kyle Pitts, Drake London, B. John in the backfield, Tyler Rousey, Cordell Patterson, John New Smith, all those weapons. So I think that's where part of that explosiveness comes from as well and why they're so confident this offense can be explosive is because all of the different weapons the defense will have to account for, because all of the different ways the Atlanta Falcons can hit you. These, this Atlanta Falcons offense is not going to be a one-trick pony. They're going to be able to do multiple things, and they're going to be able to do multiple things on the offensive side of the ball well. So I think that's where that explosiveness is going to come from as well as the versatility that this offense is going to bring to the table. Yeah, I mean, totally agree. Um, and and I think this is why Falcons fans need to be excited about what grabbing a guy like Bijan. I mean, I, look, there was so much offseason talk about Desmond Ritter and what he wasn't that people forgotten what he is. And he's a smart quarterback who was uh, one of the, probably the best quarterback in the history of Cincinnati University of Cincinnati. And he's a guy that can he is a presence he brings. And with all these with all these weapons they've got, and in, in an addition of a guy like Matthew Bergeron, that's why I get so excited. I think we we I think we talked about the wrong narrative in the offseason, which was they needed a quarterback. I think that the quarterback they've put him in a great spot in Desmond Ritter, where all he has to do is play within the offense, yeah. and let his guy let his playmakers. You know, let me use the golf analogy. <laughs> And I know that you don't play golf, and I do a lot, and I, I'm sure that some of our listeners uh, and and don't play golf, and and I don't even know James mind. I don't even know if James plays golf. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. Most I do is putt, putt, and top golf. Um, <laughs> but well, you might be a terrible golfer, James, but you actually play, so you know what I'm about to say. <laughs> when one of the biggest problems I've had as a golfer is when I get on the tee box. Mm-hmm. One of the hardest clubs to hit is the driver. Any wood, that because they're a powerful club, and you get a big, big club in your hand like that, and you want to just kill it. Yeah. Worst thing you can do. Swing easy, swing relax, let the club do the work, right? Let the club do the work. Desmond Ritter is a quarterback next year and needs to worry about the things he control. Read the defense. Read the line, move line protections, figure out where guys are going to be, and get the let, ball out quick. Yeah, well, if you have to, I mean, if you yeah. have time to hold on the ball, you know, let the play develop. Sometimes you got to let that play develop. But the, right. but the number one thing is, is get deliver the ball accurately, accurately to your playmakers and let them do their thing. That's what they need to do next year. And he doesn't have to drop dime after dime. I wouldn't, I would hope, or. Don't be afraid to put the ball up there and let your guy go get it. Put it right. where they can go get it, and only them let them go do it. But my point is, is just like when you're when you're on that tee box and you swing hard and you're and, and you're practice swing and you hear some, you know, there's always a guy that wants to tell you how to play golf, and he says, <laughs> "Hey man, relax, let the club do the work." Desmond Ritter needs to drop back and let the playmakers do the work and just deliver it accurately on time to them. And everything else is going to take care of itself, dude. I know that sounds really simplistic, but I'm telling you, it's it. it there could be a lot of r- truth into that statement. No, I completely agree. You have all of these guys for a reason. I mean, you 
put the ball in, in the hands of your playmakers and you let them uh, do the work. I mean, you look at once the San Francisco 49ers got Christian McCaffrey, a lot of times they would just dump the ball off to Christian McCaffrey. I mean, even if you want to go back to his days in Carolina, they would literally just give the ball to Christian McCaffrey and let him do his thing. And that created offense. You look at um, the even Debo Samuel sticking with the 49ers. Sometimes it's just easy as give him the ball, let him do his thing. So, again, Arthur Smith has and Terry Fontenot have done a great job surrounding Desmond Ritter with plenty of talent so he can not have to worry about trying to play hero ball or, you know, having to make all of these magical and miraculous plays that, that you see like a guy like Patrick Mahomes or, you know, guys like or Josh Allen have to do sometimes. He can literally just find his playmakers, get them the ball, and it can be as simple as that. And it sounds easier than maybe it actually is reality, but like that it is it is just could be that uh, that easy sometimes. So, no, I, I completely agree. And that, that is a great analogy as uh, as well. It, it can it can be it can be simple sometimes. Keep it simple. Stupid. That, that sometimes is the is a great message. Yeah, and by the way, everybody swings out of there. Most 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 uh, amateur golfers want to swing out of their out of their shoes. I still do that uh, at times. And 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 by the way, it, it's it's just part of it because you get anxious. But when you relax and just use that, boom! I'm telling you what, it, it'll it'll get you there. That um, so so it, it it's an analogy I use because I just think it's something that helps young quarterbacks. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. I mean, where else? Let me just say this. Where else are you going to get golf tips on a football podcast? Shout out to Bo Morgan. I mean, a a football and a golf expert right here. I mean, dude is as versatile as this Falcons offense is going to be this season. I tell you what, but I don't know. (laughs) You should come to me for golf tips, but (laughs) let's uh, move on to final piece of news here on uh, Peachtree football. And that is the Atlanta Falcons expanding their Horizons expanding their reach as they have been awarded international marketing rights to Germany. That was announced earlier today. And uh, there's a there's a picture going out there about all the different kind of countries that now that now teams have international marketing rights to. Uh, Some teams have multiple right now. The Falcons just have uh, Germany. So, Bo, I think the real big story behind this one is. You know, we probably will see the Falcons being one of those teams that play in Germany pretty soon. We have seen games played in Germany. We'll see some more games played in Germany this year. The Falcons won't be in Germany this year. They'll be in London. But I think that is a it has to be another uh, step moving forward here. And that's probably the next step. We see the, the Falcons in, in Germany sometime soon. So you you might uh 
you might have to, you know, put your, I don't know, I I was going to try and think of something clever, but I, I couldn't think of anything clever. I don't know anything like German-specific people wear, so I kind of botched that. But anywho, you know, you might be going to Germany here before it's all said and done, my man. You might be trying some uh, German beer here very soon. That's boot. Yeah. <laughs> um, look, uh, I'll um, hope uh, maybe if, if that happened, I could find a, a find maybe uh, Rammstein would be playing uh, a show over there, and I get to go see him in Germany. I've seen him in America. They're they're a great they're a great show. Um, I was about to say, is that a band? I had, yeah, I had no as I say, um, that's like an industrial uh german rock band um okay. yeah they're um they, they use they actually use a lot of like pyrotechnics at their shows so they'll nice. they'll come out and they look weird because they've got all this white stuff all over them right mm-hmm. and it's basically like fire retardant stuff so so, oh. so they keep but they they use like flamethrowers and stuff uh oh. it was actually you get crazy funny story is amy and i had been dating not very long and, and uh i used to get a lot of you know when i worked at the old station i would get a lot of tickets and i had tickets to that and we went so a lot of fun but um yeah look i think this is a pretell to the the falcons um definitely having a um a, a game over there at some point yep and the other thing i know that there are some there's a big there's a nice little german uh base that 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 follows the falcons including some guys that came here last year i believe it was last year saw uh, a couple of games here and then they went and then they went to Carolina and watched the Thursday night game before they went back to Germany. I think they were over here for two or three weeks. So, um, so it, it, it's a market that, that the Falcons have already kind of dipped, dipped their toe in, but now they've got the rights over there. So I do believe that we could see a, a game or two here in the, ne- in the next few years in Germany for the Falcons. I want to go large scale here really quick. Then I want to touch on the NFL, rule changes before we get out of here. Are we leading up to a team being over there permanently? Like, are we going to get an NFL franchise overseas? Are we going to see an NFL franchise in London, in Germany at some point? Is that what this is all leading up to? Is that what the NFL ultimately is? Is that their end game doing all this? Unfortunately, I think yes. Um, But I think you could see a couple of teams in London. Yep. A couple of teams and maybe a team in Germany. And I think you have to create – I think you just have to create four new teams, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. So those teams could play each other in division games, and then you could you would have to work out the schedule where they travel. But they're moving more and more towards that. Uh, and I'm not – I'm not really a fan of that. I don't mind a yeah. game here or there, but yeah. I, I don't think it's right to the American fan. I, I think some, and I, I'm not a big fan of over expanding because I think the product goes down as well. So, unfortunately, I think you could see that, and you know there could be a chance where you um, that it doesn't happen. But uh, and you could just have one team in London, but I just think that's ridiculous travel, and yeah. it would almost be a thing to me where you'd have to have two two bases. You know, um, I don't know how they, I just don't know how you logistically do it, but the money is what these guys follow. That's right. And what it's all about. They'll make these decisions based on that. So I do, I do think it's something that could happen. Time will tell. We shall see. But like you said, I mean, logistically, that's, that's the biggest problem I see. If you talk about moving a team or teams, plural out there. And again, you don't want to, 
overexpand because it just seems like the NFL has the perfect formula right there. They're news year round. They're literally a year round business. We we're, we're, we're talking about them 24 seven, 365. And you just, you just wouldn't like to see them do anything extra to maybe take away from the already, it seems like almost perfect product that they, that they have now. But again, time will tell. All right. Last bit of news here on Peachtree football as we wrap things up. Last thing I want to get into with you, Squid Billy, is new rule changes. The NFL has come down on the latest one happening today that now players can make a fair catch on kickoff anywhere in between the 25-yard line and the goal line. So you no longer have to be in the end zone to call for a fair catch. You can be Anywhere in between the 25-yard line and in the end zone, the goal line, you can call for a fair catch, and the team, the offense, will start on the 25-yard line. This is, you know, supposed to be a doing of player safety. Bo, the main question I have is this. Are we stepping closer to just getting rid of kickoffs altogether? Because that's what it seemed like is going to be. I mean, at this point, I know we still have kickoff returns for touchdowns. I'm not going to say they're completely going away anytime soon, but it just seems like we're stepping closer and closer and closer to kickoffs being a formality and kickoffs not really mattering anymore. And I know, you know, again, still have NFL kickoffs, but they just seem like they're not that important anymore. And having a good return game, which is something the Falcons have struggled with, you know, probably ever since they had Devin Hester back there returning kicks. It seems like it doesn't even matter if you really have a good kickoff return game. Now, punt, uh, punt, uh, having a good punt returner is something a little bit different, and maybe we'll touch on that here in just a second. But as far as kickoffs go, not punts, but kickoffs, seems like they're starting to become more of a formality and less of an actual thing that matters. Well, I think, I think it's been that way for... I think it's been moving that way. I don't think this is yeah. anything new. I mean... Yeah. It's been moving that way for a while now, and it's just this is just one more step towards towards that. So yeah, I mean, I, yeah, there. It's 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 funny how we talk about player safety, yet we want to move teams to London and Germany, or we want these guys to play overseas where they got to travel seven, ten hours to play a game. We pl- talk about player sa- safety, yet. We make it where they can uh, flex games in the Thursday night and play, have more teams play more games on short weeks. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. all about player safety. <laughs> Let's get ready to kickoff. And, and the kickoff is one of the most violent plays in football. There's no doubt yeah. about it. Yeah. No doubt about it. So, I, I, I can see it, but I, they've almost already taken the kickoff out of it now as it is. So, mm-hmm. I, I guess they've seen that they wanted, they wanted to go down more. So now we're going to do this. So sure. I mean, I don't know what else to say other than, yeah, uh, player safety. Hoorah. Uh, I am for player safety, actually. Uh, But I think it's we pick and choose the -hmm. player safety rules we like. And they are just the ones that seem to not make a, a, a great difference on the money that flows into pockets. So. It's a shame to me because, like you said, they are letting teams, they are letting players get short rest after, you know, you've heard players describe playing in an NFL football game as getting into multiple car crashes. 
yet you are okay with them coming back and playing a football game on, on short rest and shorter rest than they most likely need. So we're okay with that because it means more money. However, when you talk about the fan perspective of it, if we remember, the NFL kickoff used to be one of the most exciting things about an NFL football game that there was. I mean, you know, punt returns are, are still pretty exciting, but kickoff returns used to be one of the most, again, exciting parts about an NFL football game that there was. And now that's being taken away. And again, it's the picking and choosing like, OK, you're 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 saying you're taking kickoffs away because of NFL because of player safety. And I get it. You know, the those those can be pretty violent guys moving at full speed, running, you know, really fast. And those are big dudes, strong dudes, 230 pounds, 250 pounds, dudes running at each other full speed. So I get that. But that was that that was something that, you know, you kind of took away from the fans. But it, when, when it comes to the bottom line, you're OK with, you know, maybe putting player safety a little bit more in jeopardy when you talk about all uh, having multiple short weeks in a season for, for teams. So, you know, uh, the, the moral compass seems a little bit janky. It seems a little bit janky, but what are you going to do? So that's going to do it for this edition of Peach Street Football. Thank you all for tuning in. Make sure you like this podcast, subscribe to Peach Street Football, and uh, make sure you find us wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on the Odyssey app. Wherever you get your podcast, Peace Street Football is there. So like it, download it, subscribe to it, tell your friends about it, leave a comment, all that good stuff. You can catch us on the 92.9 The Game YouTube channel as well. So don't forget that new aspect so you can see the beautiful faces of Squid Billy and I. So that is going to do it for this edition of Peace Street Football. We'll be back again to talk to you about more news around the NFL and, of course, more Atlanta Falcons football as we inch closer towards the regular season. But for Bull Morgan, I am Dylan Matthews. And until we talk to you guys next time, shout out to producer James as well. 